Welcome to the Alpine e-commerce podcast. In this podcast, we discuss opportunities and innovations in the world of e-commerce. We aim to provide you with information that can help your business be more successful selling online. Specifically, thrilling your customers, building your brand, and staying two steps ahead of your competitors. My name is Earl Stevens, and I'm a director here at Alpine Consulting. In this episode, we'll explore the topics of product information management and product experience management. Managing product information is not a new challenge. Larger enterprises have grappled with this for years and have spent millions on master data management initiatives. The good news is that you don't have to spend millions to get a handle on your product data. Enterprise-grade solutions are now available for virtually any size of organization. We've had the chance to work with a number of these new technologies, and we've been thrilled with the value and capabilities that Akinio has delivered to our clients. Joining me today is Virginie Bloat from Akinio. Virginie is passionate about helping companies deliver excellent product experiences, and her title proves it. She's Akinio's product experience evangelist. And COVID-19 lockdowns be darned, she's joining us virtually from her home office in Paris. So Virginie, nice to be with you today. I appreciate your time. Uh, this morning, my time, and this afternoon, your time. Um, why don't we start off, will you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about Virginie and Akinio and how you came to be with us. Yes, thanks for having me, Earl, first. So yes, I'm Virginie. I'm what we call a product experience management evangelist at Akinio, which manages a, a PIM tool, a PIM software. Uh, actually, I joined Akinio five years ago, and I was the first business consultant. It means that I help more than 50 customers all over the world to implement that PIM solution, which was nearly pretty new uh, five years ago. So yes, I did a lot of implementation of the PIM. Then I run the, the consulting team. And now that's where I am, uh, uh, an evangelist for Akinio. As we look at Akinio, customer experience is something that we hear a lot about in the e-commerce market. And on your website and in your literature, you stress the importance of offering a great product experience. How does a great product experience lead to a great customer experience? Yeah, that's, of course, our key uh, challenge of every day. Um, as you may know, as you observe, uh, the world of commerce is evolving at a rapid rate. Uh, for example, the buyer's behavior is evolving every day. Today, we know that 50% of product search are voice conducted. Buyer profiles also are shifting. More than half of B2C and B2B buyers are digital natives who grew up shopping online. And there are more channels and touch points. For example, social selling now happens on sites like Instagram. And half of online sales occur on marketplaces. These are big changes. And these new buying patterns are forcing you to interact with your buyers in new ways. You need to be able to act fast, act locally, and contextualize in order to deliver a great customer experience. And that great customer experience is no longer a nice to have. It's a must have. So where does customer experience really start? Behind what we all call the customer experience lies the product experience, whose lifeblood is product information. Marketers and commerce teams need to move from simply managing, you know, basic product data to crafting product experiences that drive conversion and reduce returns. This is what we call product experience management. 
if I can sum up, this is a strategy that puts customer interaction at the center of everything you do. It's about ensuring your product information is complete, accurate, relevant, and delivered on time to the right place everywhere your customers are. You need to adapt this information everywhere your customers are. And also, and we will maybe talk about that later on, uh, it's about driving what we call brand awareness and product information consistency to increase conversions across all customer touchpoints in all regions and in all languages. Maybe it's not your case in the US, I mean less your case, but here in Europe, we need to address a lot of different countries with different languages. You know, it's a challenge. And what, what matters is the fact that each channel has its own rules. And so the experience must be adapted for each unique touchpoint. Like we love saying at Akinio, there is no one experience to rule them all. And you won't talk about product the same way on your own website than on a marketplace you sell your products in or on social media, like on your Instagram. But everything needs to, needs to be consistent. So if I can, you know, just provide you a, an example, we have a customer in luxury industry which creates videos content with no sound, highlighting just products on his Instagram stories because they know that you know people watching the stories are usually in their uh, transport, in tube, in metro, in bus, in buses. Um, and so they need to adapt the content to the experience they want to bring to what they know their customer expect. Uh, and the same customer, of course, prepares more technical data to feed an iPad application for its professional resellers, some interior designers. That's the same brand, same products, but everything is adapted to address the customer the right way. So product experience management is what we say a subtle science, a new profession also, and an emerging practical that requires purple build tools. As you were talking, it reminded me of uh, there's a website that I use for uh, when I need to repair my car for car parts. Mm -hmm. And the main reason I use their website is they've got a lot of information on there. And it's almost like they have their most experienced expert on their website, able to answer the questions and give me the information I need. You know, in the old days, I had to go in the store and that guy had to be working. Uh, now that website, I can get on there and they have all the resources, all the information, compatibility, et cetera, available to me. Mm -hmm. And it's been very helpful. And it's the reason I go to their site, even though their prices are higher, you know, it's it, it's the, the one I choose because the product information on there is so robust. It's almost like they've cloned that person that I used to go talk to in the store. Now it's on their website. And from what I'm hearing from you, that's that's uh, yeah, what product you, information is. Exactly. You appreciated the experience or so the customer experience you had thanks to product experience thanks to the product information you had that's exactly what it is yes so let's uh let's say i'm an an established online retailer and i want to build that capability to you know i've got that guy that's in my store that's an expert on everything and i want to clone him and be able to offer my online customers that kind of experience you know how does product experience management impact my digital strategy and how does PXM contribute from an omni-channel perspective? How do I clone that expert and get them out there? Of course, Earl, I would ask you first uh, if you already have a PIM software internally at your company. Uh, and if it's not the case, I'd highly recommend you to get a Kineo PIM, of course, which is an open source PIM, uh, which is done on purpose to empower marketing, commerce, but also studio teams. 
thanks to a PIM, they can work more efficiently to collect, manage, and enrich technical and usage data from available internal or external sources and, or directly from suppliers. They will be able to craft emotional product description and manage digital assets to better connect with buyers. Um, to easily, they will be also able to easily spread fully enriched and compelling product information and digital assets in context across all touch points, as we mentioned. And they will be able to access and harness product data intelligence to continuously improve their knowledge of how product information can be best structured and adapted. And thanks to that, your product will be able to go faster on market. You will definitely improve your time to market. So we can say that the PIM helps you to build the necessary foundation to be to then create a good product experience. PIM is the foundation for any good product experience. So if I can just give you an example on how to start, we have a customer, a UK customer, so based in London, which is called May.com, very famous here in Europe. You know, they are making some great designer furniture, but with a nice price, you know, um, like IKEA. Uh, but of course, less expensive than real designers' furniture. Their strategy is high-end design without the high-end price tag. So the main objective when we installed the PIM four years ago was to centralize all the existing basic but so important product information. Like you said, for the, for the car spare parts, all the technical information, dimensions, material, and of course, at least basic image, just showing the product. That's how we started. And then two years later, they are ready to move to a higher level of quality information that brings emotion. They brought a lot of contextual, contextualized information, such as who is the designer, an introduction to the designer, a style history, some, you know, in-situ pictures, emotional pictures, exactly like if you are watching a, a magazine or, um, uh, yeah, a, a TV show. And this allows you to visualize how it could possibly look in your own home. It's better to see, you know, a basic sofa, just a basic picture, than if you see that sofa, yeah, in a context that you like. That's exactly what made the success of Instagram, for instance. Everything is based on, you know, communities, passion, what you what you love. But also on your on your questionnaire, I just wanted to highlight something crucial uh, when we talk about implementing a PIM. In your question, you talked about the operation of your site, your website. Uh, if you purchase a PIM, it's because you figured out the pain is it to manage several times product information to get it ready for different sales points, different audiences, not only for the website, you know. And that's so important uh, because that's how you will move from managing product info only in the back office to a dedicated tool, which must become the single source of truth for product information, meaning also involving all the teams around the product enrichment. That's really important because PIM, it, the PIM is definitely a tool for collaboration. When we started at Akeneo, we heard a lot that the PIM was the tool for digital transformation, which is partially true, but the PIM is definitely the tool for collaboration. It's the tool that helps you, you know, breaking silo. And I love to say that you have no good product experience and customer experience if you do not, do not have a good user experience. The reality of all of our customers, you, you know, no matter if it's a luxury customer, B2B customer, uh, an automobile, a car spare parts customers, they are all struggling with a lot of Excel sheets internally. 
there is a figure you know that you can find on, on the web that 95% of companies um, managing their product information only with Excel sheets. So you see the, the big path we have. I see that. And that's one of the things I've learned since we've been speaking with Akinio. We have a lot of clients that say, hey, you know, I don't have time or the resources to pull all the information needed to populate a PIM solution. But as we dig under the covers a little bit, they are already spending a lot of time, you know, managing, mm-hmm, you know, the, sure. the sea of spreadsheets with all this information in there. So you're already doing the work. If you're having these problems, you're already doing the work. You're managing the spreadsheets and the PIM, you know, puts an end to this uh, spreadsheet rodeo, right? Exactly. And that's why I said that it's the tool for collaboration. But if you want to succeed, if you want that your implementation is successful, you will need to, you know, to have everybody's inside the same uh, vision in the PIM. You will need to break the silo again. You will need to involve, to involve many teams, not only the e-commerce team, because usually that kind of tool, the PIM software, comes, you know, with a replatforming uh, of your website, for instance. That's the majority of our case. So what we do implementing the PIM is not just, you know, set it up. It's really a kind of change management internally. You know, we explain people that it's mandatory to involve every stakeholder, every team that deal with product information on a, on a regular basis. So that when later on you will need to involve new teams, more teams, the PIM won't be considered as, you know, the e-commerce tool. And you will have, you know, teams saying, oh, no, no, I want a dedicated tool because PIM is the tool for e-commerce. That's not what it is. PIM is really the tool for omni-channel strategy to support your omni-channel strategy. Yeah, you mentioned change management. There may be several versions of the same spreadsheet floating around that has conflicting information. And not only do you have to manage the spreadsheet, but you have to reconcile the different versions of the spreadsheet out there. You have to reconcile people's opinions. And believe yeah, me, that's I've been... more work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's actually more work than working uh, daily on a PIM system that it's totally user-friendly, really for non-technical person. We really address... Uh, you know, marketing users, people that usually uh, don't love using softwares. A single source of truth that keeps you from the spreadsheet rodeo. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I always tell to the consultants, we the project is done and the project will be successful as soon as we will have killed all the existing spreadsheet. That's what it is. I think it's easy to understand the importance of PXM or product experience management in the B2C world. Can you talk about the importance of product experience management in the B2B world? What are some of the unique B2B challenges that you've been able to address? Uh, That's what I thought too first. Uh, When we started Akinio, we didn't know what kind of customers we will have. And we started with a lot of B2C customers. And then came B2B customers. And these guys usually are amazing. There are something that B2C customers usually do not have, they know the product by heart, you know. These guys come from field. Uh, they used to deal with print catalog. Uh, a lot of them still uh, produce print catalog. And for that reason, they know the product, you know, they, they, they know what is important when they sell a product. Um, so you can be very amazed at what they do. And if the, the truth is that companies like, I'm thinking about Roca, one of our customers based in Barcelona, they are mm-hmm. manufacturing bathroom spaces, you know, basins for set, bathtubs. 
But the thing is that the way they introduce their product, that's really the B2C cuts, if we can say that. Each product belongs to one collection. And for each collection, they tell their B2B distributor the history of the designers of the collection. You know, I, I told that, that joke uh, in one of, of the conference last year, but that's true. They have their Dolce Gabbana for the toilet, in a way, you know. They, they have pictures of the designers. They tell the story of the designer. They, they, and they provide you some inspirational pictures for each collection. And you really feel, you know, like being in that bathroom, uh, in that hotel, or that kind of stuff. That's really what it is. And, and I can tell you many more examples, even in the U.S., I'm thinking, for example, about John Deere. You know, in the US, I'm thinking about John Deere customers. They definitely improved the way they needed to share their product information. You talked about Excel sheets. What slowed down the business is the fact that you spend a lot of time on, on, on spreadsheet, you know, to, to share that with your reseller. Thanks to the PIM, John Deere was really able to enhance uh, their product enrichment to provide more description of the product, more assets around the product to their reseller and, and, and improve their, their website. So yes, we have a lot of great initiatives in B2B too. People erroneously think that B2C side, that's where it's important to make an emotional connection with, uh, with my clients or with our products. But on the B2B side, people's careers are at stake and it's equally important to be able to make that emotional connection to say, you know, hey, this is going to help me get promoted or this is going to help me achieve my goals you know, you really need to to make that uh, connection in B two B as well, and and I appreciate you shedding some light on that yes. background. And, and just check some example of B two B customer in Instagram. They all provide a lot of great uh, inspirational pictures too. Uh, so yes, they, they they play the game. They are on social the same way that B two C companies are. Another buzzword we've heard a lot over the past couple of years is uh, the experience economy. Retailers realize that selling experiences, what you can do and achieve with the product is a powerful sales tool. How can product experience management help retailers differentiate their products and sell the experience? In, in, in two words, I would answer sharing values, sharing your company values, definitely, and being consistent with your product offer. As you need to know well your customers, you need to know that millennials, because we talked about that at the beginning, this new generation is definitely the green generation for which sustainability is a shopping priority. If you ignore that, you will miss that generation. And of course, you will miss some sales if we talk more on business point. Just give you some figures. Reports uh, show that 87% of US millennials are willing to pay more for sustainable clothing, and many prioritize eco-friendly and ethical brands when making purchase decisions. And on a global scale, uh, it was in, in, nine, in 18, sorry, McKinsey study reported that 66% of global millennials are prepared to spend more on sustainable brands. So you see that that's huge, really. And brands that, that establish a reputation for environmental stewardship among today's youngest com consumers have an opportunity to not only grow market share, but build loyalty among the power spending millennials of tomorrow too.
brand's main competitors, you know, today is often the second-hand websites. I saw that even in the US, that's a big trend. ThreadUp, for example, uh, is, 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 is doing a, a, a huge business today because this generation prefer buying uh, a second-hand, they check second-hand before paying for a new stuff, for a new product. And not only from a, for, from a money point of view, but really because they are looking for meaning in everything they do, in their jobs, in their purchase. That's true for everything. So the brands, top brands that understand that, uh, play the game and share their values. And if their community, that's how the community uh, grow. If, if you match with your customers' expectation, that's how you build the community. That's how you create loyalty. And the how to achieve that, I think that what embodies the most, the experience economy, we talked already about it, but that's Instagram. Look, for example, what is currently happening, the situation we are all facing uh, today with the, with the COVID-19 uh, virus. Top brands have understood the power of having built a community through social networks. And it's not opportunistic, really. Um, they want to share their, their initiative through the networks. They are not selling products here. They are just sharing what matters from them, that they are, yes, investing, trying to help. And, and, and they show the path for humanity and collaboration. I'm taking an example of one of our customers, you know, uh, Louis Vuitton, LVMH. One of their brand is for fragrances. They stopped, you know, the, the, the factories to build hydroalcoholic gel because we, we miss a lot in Europe, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but in Europe, we miss a lot of these, these gels. And they stop factories to produce more gels instead of going on producing, you know, perfumes and cosmetics. And they, 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 they show that on their Instagram. If, if you look at LVMH Instagram, uh, they explain everything about what they are currently do for the situation. And if, and if you look at, at Instagram currently, you will see that also artists, uh, artist people are sharing moments, experience with people. We all living such a strange moment, but everybody wants to do something. So we are seeing, thanks to social networks, humanity, collaboration through humans, people, yes. The blog post that will accompany this uh, podcast, Virginia has provided uh, a screenshot of an LVMH uh, Instagram post that shows, you know, their factories retooling to produce pharmaceuticals and, and other items to support COVID-19. And that that's a great example of, of the experience economy is people want to buy items from companies that reflect their personal values. Like you said, that's a big thing with millennials. And yes. I would argue as a, as a Gen Xer myself and my parents as boomers, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, that, I think it's uh, multi-generations that are caring about that. I think millennials are leading the charge from that perspective, but the rest of us are following. You know, as a brand, if you're not making those connections with your customers during the good times and during the challenging times, you know, you're probably behind the curve. Exactly. And that's why, and that, that leads us again to consistency, you remember? You need to adapt that because if you, if on one hand, you share everything, what you do, your inspiration on Instagram. But on the other end, you don't feel the same, you know, in the stores physically. That won't be consistent. So experience economy is also about adapting that throughout, again, the shopping journey at, at every touch point with the, with the customers. 
Yeah. And it, I, I think uh, in Europe, you're probably ahead of the United States in, in terms of you know where COVID-19 is right now. We're just starting to hear about companies like General Motors and Ford, you know, who are going to be producing pharmaceuticals and ventilators and things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just starting. I don't think they've even put out any messaging. It's just rumors we're hearing at this point. But I would suspect over the next week, we're going to hear what they're doing. And it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be as progressive as LVMH was, you know, putting it on their Instagram accounts and talking about it. That's going to be something that I'm going to be monitoring here. Yeah. And so. for me, that's that really shows that we are in the experience economy more than ever. All right. Well, let's let's finish up here. Um, you know, I'm interested in learning more about, you know, the product experience management. And if I'm a company owner or a brand manager, my first question is, how do I start? It, it kind of seems a little bit intimidating. Can you talk a little bit about the journey that you take as you get started with your clients? Uh, actually, it will be a sum up of everything we said. So that's a, a perfect uh, final question. Um, as I told you, the most important thing is how you will explain to your internal teams, to your organization, what the PIM is for. Because again, you know that that would be the tool to support your product experience management. So the way you will introduce that tool to your internal organization is crucial. You need to explain them, as as we perfectly uh, told, uh, that experience is not only about Instagram. It's not only about e-commerce website. It's about your business strategy. Everywhere you sell products, everywhere you meet customers, you need to adapt this experience to be consistent. That's what the PIM will help you. So, of course, you will start by, you know, gathering all your, like we said, basic, basic data. Uh, all the the characteristics, the dimensions, yes, all the basic data that usually you, you usually get from your ERP system. So we gather all the ERP information that are useful for the marketing users. At least I need a dimension. I need yeah all the basic stuff. So identifying the sources, ERP. Maybe you already have a DAM, uh, a digital asset manager that you will connect to the PIM. So you identify your sources first. You gather that in the PIM. You define which new attributes, which new information you will want to share with your customers to empower, again, uh, your marketing teams, which new description, uh, new experiences they will love to share with customers with, with, with what they know about customer expectation. And thanks to the, the PIM tool, you will be able to say, hey, this information will be spread to this channel. This other information will be spread to this channel. So you first define what will be your channels, what will be your destinations. And thanks to that, you empower the teams because usually it matches with the team. You know, if you have an e-commerce team, they will want to adapt the experience for the e-commerce website. If you have a social team, social media team, okay, let's make them a channel so that they can be empowered too. Uh, if you still have a print catalog because you are a B2B uh, company, okay. Let's empower the, the, the print team, you know, the B2B team. Everyone speaks a specific language and the PIM, the PIM will help them supporting their journey. Um, and, and the last thing is that the PIM alone is useless. The PIM is useful only if it is super connected to your sources, of course, but to all the destination. Again, if you have Salesforce, for example, as an e-commerce platform, if you have Magento, the goal 
of Akineo, but more than the goal, the DNA of Akineo is to have strong connection with the major players, the top players in each dimension. For the e-commerce platform, we have, uh, pre- we have premium connectors with Salesforce, with Magento. For the DAM, we have premium connectors also with the top players. That's how we build our community too. Ease for our customers, the connection with other systems. PIM is the source, but if you don't share your information with external destination, it's useless again. So that's why we really invest time, money with technological partners in these connectors. Uh, For companies that are considering PIM, you're probably doing a lot of work already just managing the spreadsheets and the information uh, and running your day-to-day business. And so the the level of effort required to move that information to a PIM is not much more than you're doing today. And secondly, you know, you're not alone in this journey. You know, you've got experts from Akinio, experts from partners like Alpine that can help you uh, kind of give you the, the roadmap and here's what you do and here's the sequence of events. Break that down into bite-sized pieces so that it's not grinding your business to a halt. And then yeah, you sure. get to a point where you avoid that spreadsheet rodeo and can have that central source of truth, right? Sure, that's exactly that. Partners for our, for us are really like, you know, colleagues. We define the strategy together. We are here more to put the project on the right path. And then our partners are really responsible for all the deliveries and to make sure that technically this will be the, the, the more efficient as possible. Yes. Well, Virginia, it's it's been a pleasure to speak with you this morning and, and this afternoon, your time. Yeah, um, thank you, Al. As Virginia pointed out, whether you focus on B2B or B2C, it's more important than ever for your business and your brand to connect with your customers in more meaningful ways. Basic product information is no longer enough. You need to clone that passionate expert that may be working at one of your physical stores and make sure that his or her expertise is available throughout all of your channels. As Virginia pointed out, effective management of product data leads to an excellent product experience, and that builds high levels of customer loyalty and brand equity. If you're having challenges managing your product data, we suggest taking a look at Akinio. We'll post some specific information in the episode notes and on the blog post accompanying this episode. But you'll also be able to find a lot of great resources on their website, akineo.com. That's A-K-E-N-E-O.com. And if you'd like to start planning your product information strategy, we here at Alpine would love to be your climbing partner on that journey. Visit us at our website, alpineinc.com. On behalf of Virginie, her team at Akineo, and our team here at Alpine, we thank you for listening today and we wish you, your family, and your business good health and good fortune. 